0: Welcome to the Citizens Youth Sermon Podcast. We are a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church and a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit nwgospel.com citizens. Citizens! Greetings and salutations! This is where you say greetings and salutations back. <laughs> Merry, Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Aww, you're like, it's not Christmas yet. It is in my heart. Hello, how are we doing? Good, good. Um, I have a quick question for you, and I need just a yay or a nay. Can you practice your yay thumbs up? Thumbs up. I need to practice your, nah, down, down. All right. Hold it in the middle as a thinking posture, and tell me, eggnog. Yay's for eggnog? Nah, for eggnog. I, (laughs) I went by a coffee shop the other day, Hidden River, some of you may know of it, and I saw a sign that said eggnog. And how to get an eggnog latte. It was so good. Blackrock makes an eggnog latte? I'm gonna I'm gonna flash my cards here and say don't like BlackRock. Oh no, gasp. Sorry guys. I'm too much of a coffee snob. It's true. It's true. I know. <laughs> Hillary has changed her opinion of me. All right, guys, on the back of your notes, you have a few more faces. Are you ready for the challenge of guessing the faces, okay? Ooh, ooh. So last week, um, we were looking at classic Christmas photos of your favorite leaders, or just your leaders, and uh, you're guessing who's who. Are you ready for the challenge? How many of you already recognize a few faces? Because you're related to them. What? <laughs> All right, are you ready? First face. Oh, guess the citizen's leader. Here we go. This is our challenge. Our first face. Does anybody know who this is? You guess Mrs. Wallace? What other guesses are there? Can we move the thingamajig? Yes, we can move the thingamajig. Just ruin my illustration. It's okay, Jenny. Um, I don't actually know right or left. I'll have to ask the person once we guess who it is. Still can't see? Oh, I just put it right in front of your face, didn't I? Sorry. It is, in fact, the one, the only, the notorious Lila Erickson. Is this California? And you're on the left side. Okay, left side. All right, next one. Here we go. This looks like the three of her children that are in this youth ministry. (laughs) Kyle. It is indeed Michelle Adams. The woman who makes this night happen every week. Doesn't it look like Lauren? It looks like Lauren. All right, who is this? There are twins, and I think it's the one on the right. (laughs) Yes, you know right away because you've seen their faces too. It is indeed Libby Wallace. Yes. It looks exactly like you guys. I mean, come on. All right. This one's a bit difficult. It is the cute little girl with the white skirt thingy. What? Guess it. Say it out loud. Danae. Which Danae? Wow, it is. How is that easy to guess? I had a really hard time with this one. It is indeed Danae Rushing. Danae Rushing. Is this Arizona? Is this Christmas in Arizona? Yeah. Yeah. All right, this one's got to be super easy. <laughs> it is indeed Jenny Gifford, because it looks like Katie Gifford. <laughs> yes, good one. All right, this one's difficult. I, you've seen this face before, too, actually, if you've, if you've looked close enough. It's black and white, but she was not born in the black and white era. <laughs> anybody? Anybody? You may know her son, Micah Foskett, but it is indeed Tracy Foskett. (laughs) Doesn't it look like Micah? I think it looks like Micah. Except for a girl version. (laughs) How many else do we have? Oh, this one's kind of difficult because it's a little bit blurry. How do you know this already? Wow. It is indeed Billy Wallace. Nicely done. Nicely done. I couldn't tell from a distance, but I can see it. I think this is the last one. Super adorable. Does anybody know who this is? It is indeed a boy, by the way. I know that can be confusing here. You think it's Sam? It's a guess. That is a guess. (laughs) This one is uh, slightly under the cover. He's here, he's faithful. He's not necessarily the loudest, but his Rhine Woods. Yes. Yes. Good guesses, guys. Good guesses. Man. Uh, if you have your baby pictures, feel free to send them in. I don't know if I'll post them, but we'll just oo and all over your cute little baby pictures. Uh, Merry Christmas, It is the Christmas season. We are here. I've been celebrating Christmas since before Thanksgiving. I did indeed decorate my house. Thanksgiving was late this year, okay? In my defense, Thanksgiving was late this year, okay? Yeah. yeah, thank you. All right, I have a question for you. This year, you want that one thing. What would be the, like, spot-on, absolutely most perfect gift you could get this year? Julia? A phone. She wants a cellular device. Micah? You want a what? A pair of ripped jeans. <laughs> oh man. Matt, what do you want? You want an iPad? An iPad. What do you want? Your mom wants an iPad? That's nice. Danae. <laughs> a trip to Arizona! And she's gonna get the most perfect gift ever. Emily, I mean Evelyn. A base? Like a fish? Like a blub blub? No, like a, like a base base? Okay, okay. Garrett. He wants to, listen to this, Garrett Newby wants to shoot his friends with airsoft guns three days before Christmas because that's his birthday. Wow. Garrett Newby. Garrett Newby. All right, two more, two more. Perfect gift, perfect gift. New snowboard boots. I hope you're writing these things down so you can give your friends gifts. Yes. What? Money, 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 yeah? Money's always good, you can do whatever you want with it. One of my favorite types of gifts are like the advent style gifts. How many of you have an advent calendar at home? I got an advent sock calendar. Yes, okay. So there's like advent stuff all over the place, right? There's advent sock calendars. There's the classic cardboard chocolate calendars, which yes. I am 27 years old, and I have an Advent chocolate calendar in my house because it's Christmas. Uh, I grew up with Advent calendar. We had this, like, thing in our house that had, like, doors, and my mom would put, like, gifts in it, and we'd get Advent calendars, like, or gifts stuff out of it. I love gifts that, like, keep giving, you know? Like, a gift that lasts. Like, well, my personal... Like gifts are kind of like my love language, is the way that I tell people that I love them. Also, I receive a lot of love through gifts. My office is filled with knickknacks of mugs and random items. None of them I've purchased. It's just because when someone hands me a gift, I go ah! And then I put it on my shelf. <laughs> right? I just, I love gifts, but I love when you get that gift that, like, that person can use for the rest of the year, or it keeps giving, or they just, you know, it just keeps going and going. and And so... You know, I was thinking about, like, what would be, like, the perfect gift this year? You know, it's Christmas morning. You're, like, cool now because you're a teenager. So you're not, like, rushing down the stairs around the Christmas tree. But you're, like, kind of sort of hoping that there's something for you. But you're just, like, you know, trying to play it chill. And you come down Christmas morning. You flip on the lights. The Christmas lights turn on. And you see under the tree just a big old box like what? Santa real? That wasn't here last night. There's a big old box under your tree, and you like go up to it, and it like you're like who got this box before? And you open it up, and I, oh, 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 Grace, it's your fault. Just kidding. <laughs> you open up the box, wait, but first you see that it's your name is on the box. You're like what? I get the big box, and so you open it up, and you unwrap it all, and you pull out the like. That stuff, right? Yeah, and you pull it out, and it says, the solution to all your life's problems. Yes, right? You're not as excited about this as I am. Right, the box, the gift that solves everything in your life. It solves all of your life's problems. How many of you want that gift? Thank you, yes. The perfect gift would be the solution to all your life's problems. Man, we're going to look at a few gifts tonight. I have a few gifts that we're going to look at tonight. One of my gifts is scooch too close to the TV. Thank you, Shlenny. <laughs> Her name is Eleni. Um, we're going to look at a few gifts tonight, and we're going to see if they stack up to this perfect gift. Um, so, you know, last week we opened up Jesus' family photo album. And we looked through the pictures and the stories of his, of his family and of uh, the, the people who came before him. We looked at some crazy, scandalous stories. We saw that where Jesus came from showed us who he came for, right? So we, we looked through all of those names and we saw that Jesus came, right, to give hope to people who were hopeless, right? He came for the disqualified, he came for the disappointed, he came for those who are distant. And this week, um, we're going to continue in the story, we're going to continue in Matthew, we're in Matthew chapter 1, and uh, we're going to move away from Jesus' family tree, his names, his genealogy, Um, and we are about to go live, manger side, to Jesus' birth, to the Christmas story. And we're going to find out as we get through this story, especially Matthew's version, that it's not quite about the star or the wise men, or the shepherds, or the sheepy-sheeps, or the donkey, or the innkeeper, right? It's about a baby. Who's the baby? It's about a baby, and it's about the gift that this baby is to mankind. And just as we looked at a few names last week, this baby actually has several names. And as we look through the names of this baby, we're going to see what kind of a gift God has given to us in this baby? What kind of a Christmas present has God given us this season? We're going to look at it. So you have your Bibles. Open up to Matthew chapter 1. You have your notes. Open them up. Um, There will be some words and blanks that you can fill in that I will give you. Let's look at it. We're going to look at uh, Matthew chapter 1. Continuing the story. Here we go. He says, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. We get in the story, and we're like, Matthew, what? This is, such hasty, this is such a hasty story. We're just moving through the story. Look at this. He, he continues. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke from his sleep, he did, as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Like, Matthew, you're missing the story. There's, we, where are the shepherds? Where are the sheepy sheeps? my favorite part of the story where where's the star where's the innkeeper where's the donkey what's happening we we're, we're, we're moving through this story super quickly and if we were Reading through like Luke's Gospel, we would get all the details, right? We'd hear all about his uh, Aunt Elizabeth, and we'd hear all about Mary and the angel Gabriel, and we'd hear all about the shepherds. But here in, in Matthew's story, we're blowing past a bunch of details because it's not about all of those pieces. In this story, and the story that Matthew is telling, it's about the baby. But who is this baby? Who is this baby? And what has he come to do? So to answer this question of who this baby is and what he's come to do, we've got to look at his names. All right, so let's take a look. Back at the passage really quick. All right, so Joseph is like a little bummed out because the woman of his dreams, the woman he's engaged to, which is basically as good as marriage, is found to be pregnant. Ah! scandal. He's like, it's not my fault. I didn't do it. right? Maybe she cheated on him. He's super concerned. He's like, you know what? But I don't want to publicly shame her. We're just going to do this quietly. You know, he, he goes to divorce her quietly. Um, but then an the angel comes and says, hey, don't worry about it. You're not a sinner. She's not a sinner. I'm taking care of this. She is going to have God's son. And he, the angel says to them, you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from his sins. Probably we've never thought about the fact that Jesus had to be given a name. But if you've talked to like anybody who is having a kid, choosing a name is super important right? Like, do we go with a name that has, like, a lot of meaning, or do we go with a name that is, like, a family name, like, passed down from the family, or, like, you definitely can't name them this because I knew one of those, and I hated that person, right? You just, naming is very important, and that's the same here. They are giving Jesus this name for a reason because his name means something. The name of Jesus means Yahweh saves. God saves. And specifically, he saves his people from their sins. So we open up, We already asked the question, like, what, what do you really want for Christmas? What is, your, what is your perfect gift? What's your ideal gift? And maybe we can word it another way. What is it that you really need right now? What do you need right now? What's the thing that, would, that you really would? You'd open the box and be like, the solution to all my life's problems is... An iPhone? It's not, <laughs> right? What do you need? What is in the box? And and if we were to like make our Christmas list, our shopping list of needs, I mean, there would be so many different options in here from all of us. Some of us, you know, I need I need money for this this item or or this activity, or I need help in this super difficult class or with that impossible teacher, or I just need my friends to like cut the drama and figure how how to get along. Or, I need to work out this conflict between these people. I need to know what to do in this situation. I have no idea what to do with the situation that's in front of me. Or, I just really need my parents and my siblings, my family to get along. What is it that you need this season? Maybe it's just to stop stressing about that thing that's like eating at you. What do you need? I bet you, as I, as I ask that question, your first answer is not salvation from my sins. I'm like, oh yeah, afterthought, I do need that, right? But but the very presence of Jesus as our first gift, he is first and foremost salvation. He, it's a life vest. Get it? Saved out of ooh ah. Right? He is first and foremost our salvation from our sins. And why is this? Why does it matter? How is that helpful to anything that you're facing? When we think of these needs and our worries and our stresses and our anxieties, our, our needs are like weeds, okay? I hated weeding as a child. I do actually have allergies, but I sort of kind of milked my allergies so I didn't have to go outside and, like, actually pull weeds. Um, but this summer, I had a lot of... Um, aggression I need to get out of me, so I took it out on the weeds in the backyard. And let me tell you what, everything they say about dandelions are true, okay? They either have these weeds above the surface, and the dandelion root goes down like super far. I'm like, I've got a baby shovel, and I'm like, right, in the backyard. I'm trying to dig out these weeds, and this, our needs, our worries, our anxieties are just like these weeds. What we see is above the surface, but there's so much deeper, and the root of a lot of our brokenness in this world is sin. It's, it's my sin. It's, it's your sin. It's our sins together. Man, in my heart, it's, it's my greed and desire for control that makes me discontent with the things in my life. It makes me want more or makes me want the next thing Right, The root of my conflict with friends or family or people is my own like, anger and arrogance and stubbornness and my, my own desire to get my own way. And I steamroll over people because they're in my way. And these are just my sins. You have yours and others have theirs. And when you get a room full of sinners, a city full of sinners... A county full of sinners, a state full of sinners, a nation full of sinners, a world full of sinners. (laughs) Like, it simultaneously, like, makes me sick to my stomach of, like, how much sin and ugly and wickedness and brokenness is in our world. And it explains a lot of the brokenness we see, and it makes me go, God. We need a savior. We need a savior. I need a savior for myself. We need a savior from our own sins. We need a savior. Our biggest problem truly is sin. And it's not a problem we can fix. I have lived my entire life, I've said this so many times, as a perfectionist, and I still can't get everything right. I'm still a sinner. I can't fix it. We need a Savior. We need Jesus. We need Yahweh saves. So Jesus is God's perfect gift to us. He's God's perfect gift to us first because Jesus is our Savior. The first gift we see in Jesus is that he is our Savior. He saves us from our sins, but there's something really unique about this particular salvation. Let's take a look at it. So, you know, the story happens. Joseph is being visited by an angel. He's saying, it's okay. Our author here, Matthew, he gives us a little side comment. And he said, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. He says, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. He has that little line in there just in case you weren't sure what it means. Right? He says, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which God with us. This is a very um, particular type of salvation because this name, Emmanuel, as he said, means God with us. God with us. This salvation um, that Jesus gives us of our sins is not like, spoiler alert, Captain Marvel, okay? Captain Marvel, I'm not spoiling too much, I don't think, if you're really sensitive, run out of the room screaming, but... Captain Marvel, like, swoops in full power of the universe, blows it all up, and is gone. Right? This is all she does. She swoops in. She takes care of business. She leaves. This is not the salvation of our favorite superheroes who, you don't, who they don't even know your name. They have no idea. They're just like, well, you need help. I'm going to blow things up, and I'll be out of here. Right? This, is, this kind of salvation is not what we see in Jesus. Jesus is a very, very present salvation. He's God with us. He's God putting on human flesh and being the most vulnerable creature he could be, and that is a baby. Babies are useless. I mean, they don't do anything, right? They, they poop a lot, and they cry a lot. I love babies. It's fine. I have many in my life. But I mean, they can't do much, right? A baby can't save themselves. If an army comes after a baby, baby gonna do what? baby's gonna die right you can't like he's vulnerable he's he's useless in this time but he chose guys God chose to come in that form if I was God I would choose to come as Captain Marvel because you can blow things up and you're impenetrable I would not choose to come as a baby but this is the God with us this is a God who felt pain and hunger and need He'd be born into a family with a scandalous reputation in a bad neighborhood. It's from Nazareth, what? right? He experienced heartbreak and disappointment and betrayal even from his best friends. He knows what it feels like to be left alone, to not fit in with his peers, to be punished for doing what's right. And he experienced grief and loss of people he loved. This is our Savior, a Savior that knows exactly what you're feeling. Every pain and worry and fear, anxiety that you feel, your Savior has felt it all. And there's nothing that you've felt or experienced or gone through that Jesus doesn't know about, that he doesn't know how that feels. And there's nothing that you will face or go through and encounter that you won't go without Jesus being hand in hand with you. He is with us. Jesus is Emmanuel. He is God with us. God's salvation is with us. Jesus is with us right now. So this baby is God's gift for us today. Oh, that's your fill-in, sorry. Jesus is present. Jesus is present. So Jesus is God's perfect gift for us today because Jesus is our very present salvation. If you're taking notes, this is is in there too. Jesus is our very present salvation. He is Yahweh, he is Yahweh saves, and he's Emmanuel. He's our present salvation. So in very Matthew-like format, we're about to blow through the entire Christmas story, all right? We are... We are about to skip, flash forward, two years in the future. Like, what? We haven't gone that far. We're flash forwarding two years in the future. um, And we will again uh, resume our story here. And instead of manger side, we are about to be um, in a palace. And in this next chunk of the story, we'll see two other names that Jesus is called that again reveals um, what kind of gift that Jesus is. So let's look at our text. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, In Bethlehem in Judea. First so it's written in the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go, search diligently for the child. And when you found him, bring me word, so I too may come and worship him. Wink, wink. But after listening to the king, They went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary and his mother. They fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country, another way we'll see a couple of uh again we'll see a couple of these names here but we see that god right is first jesus he's our salvation right he is with us he's our emmanuel this is our you are here gps following you around wherever you go he's with us right and then these these uh wise men these scholars they come uh from a long distance and they are actually looking for a king they come into Herod's palace and they say, "Where is he who has been born King of the Jews?" Like, awkward. Herod's like, uh, "Me? I'm King of the Jews right now, right?" Herod is is King of the Jews, and here these wise men come looking for the King of the Jews. This is the third name we see for Jesus: is that he is King. He is our King that is the proper sound you need to make yes when unveiling a crown right he is our king and so these these wise men show up they come from out of town it literally took them like a month to travel they show up they stand before King Herod and they're like all right where is the king and Herod's like I I am the king like no where's he who's been born king of the Jews the real king And when Herod heard these things, he was troubled. He was like, uh, what? Here are these these guys, here are these wise men, here are these scholars. Like, dude, they're clearly from out of town. They don't know what they're talking about. Like, they don't know how things work here. Um, But Herod begins to feel a little bit insecure. His little crown starts to, to feel a little shaky. And this whole interaction shows us that Herod's not really the king, but Jesus is king. No matter what human powers set themselves up in charge or in authority, Jesus is actually king. Jesus has the final say. Last week we talked about how we know what it feels like to be disappointed. We know what it feels like to have someone who's supposed to be leading you fail you. To have someone who you're supposed to be looking up to and follow totally go sideways, totally disappoint you. Um, but we also know what it feels like to not quite trust the person who's in charge. Right? We're, we're not sure if the person who's in charge is actually has my best interest in mind or are they power hungry. In fact, in our culture, like authority is such a four letter curse word. It's like, no, you're not supposed to be in charge right power is a bad thing authority is a bad thing leadership is a bad thing we know what it it feels like in this sense to have people like herod who are abusers of power but no matter what human by the way all our sinners puts himself in charge jesus is actually king and he gets the final say he gets the final say he's in control of all things When we can't quite trust the person who's in charge, we can't tr- quite trust our leadership. Maybe it makes us shaky. It gives us anxiety of like, who is actually in charge? <laughs> is this going to work out? Is my life, like who's in charge of my life? Is this going to work out? We know that Jesus is in charge. So our terrified and insecure Herod contacts his educated scholarly people. He brings them aside and he's like, okay, so hypothetically speaking, if the promised sent one from God would be born, where would he be? So his uh, scholars, his Bible scholars, comb through the book and they say, well, you see, Herod, as it says in the prophet, you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people. He's saying, oh, he's going to be born in Judea, in Judah, in Bethlehem. This is where he's going to be born. He's like, oh, okay. But in here, we see another name for Jesus. And actually, this name reveals to us what kind of a leader, what kind of a king Jesus is. Because he's not just the one in charge. He's not just the king and leader, but he's a shepherd. And this changes, this, whole, this colors his entire leadership to be called a shepherd. Because as we look at what it means to be a shepherd, we see that he's a good leader. Jesus as our shepherd is a good shepherd. He's not like the king like Herod. Like Herod who, by the way, killed his own wife a few of his children and some of his relatives because he was so paranoid and insecure and power-hungry and selfish that he was worried that someone was gonna take his crown. This is not the kind of leadership that we see from Jesus. We don't even have to like, although I would love that if we could do a field trip, like go to a farm, meet a shepherd, pet some sheepy sheeps, right? We don't have to do that to find out what kind of a shepherd Jesus is. We just have to look at his word. And here's where we find out what Jesus as a shepherd is. He knows his sheep by name. All of them. All of the sheeps by name. He gives them abundant life. He, this shepherd, lays his life down for the sheep. He will literally die before he will lose a sheep. He He's willing to be killed and betrayed for the sake and the health of his sheep. He protects them. He keeps them. He holds them. He gathers them together. When they're spread apart, he gathers them together. And he seeks out the ones that are lost. And he finds them and he brings them home. And then he gives them rest and healing. He feeds them. He cares for them. This is the leadership that Jesus has. He's a good shepherd. Jesus is our king. He's in charge, but he's also our shepherd. He is good. And sometimes I think it's hard for us to see Jesus as king or Jesus as Lord because we're so tainted by the Herods of the world. And we look at God that way sometimes. We're like, man, God is just like a puppet master above my life, like just making a joke out of my life. Or he's just like a taskmaster watching and waiting for me to mess up. Or he's purposely withholding good things from me. He's playing around with my life, or maybe he doesn't care. He's not listening. And that's not the kind of leader, that's not the kind of shepherd that Jesus is. Jesus as our shepherd means that he knows your name and everything about you. Even your guilty pleasure favorite songs that you don't tell anybody, right? He knows everything about you. He leads you with a hand that cares about your needs and your worries. He guides you in a direction that is always for your good, always. He's always leading you in the right direction. He protects you. He shields you. He died for you to save you from those sins that he knew would destroy your very soul. He died in our place. He brings us home and gives us a family and food and rest and healing and hope and care. This Is our good shepherd. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. Jesus is our very good King. He's our very present salvation, and He's our very good King. There's a million things you could get for Christmas this year, there's a million things you want, there's a million things you're not going to get but Jesus is God's perfect gift for us. It sounds like a church cliche, but it's true. Jesus is what we need. He's our perfect gift to us because he's our present salvation. He's our good king. And he's all of these things. Jesus is our savior. He's our Emmanuel. He's our king. He's our shepherd. This is the gift that God is giving you this season, today. So how do we respond to this great gift that God has given us? I think we should take our cue from the text and respond in the same way that our wise men did. They are wise after all. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy and they fell down and worshiped him. In a bit, we're gonna... We're going to sing some songs together. We're going to rejoice together. But I feel like these four names of Jesus will ring true for one of you. For all of you, one of these names will ring true for you. I mean, all of us need Jesus, but there are aspects of Jesus that maybe you really need right now in this season. Maybe you need to know Jesus as your Savior, as the one who has saved you from your sins, who has freed you from the guilt of all of the wrong that we've done. Maybe you need to know that Jesus is with you. He's your Emmanuel. He doesn't leave you. He doesn't forsake you. He's with you right now with whatever you're facing. Maybe you are one who needs to know that God is in charge. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't quite trust the people around me, but I know ultimately at the end of the day, God is in charge. Maybe you need to know that God is good, that in his leading, in his lordship, in his leadership of your life, it's good, and it's for your good, and it's with love for you. And so as we move into response, I want you to think about one of these four. Pick one. Choose one that you feel like is, man, this is, this is what I need from the Lord right now. And we're going to take some time for personal prayer. And... Um, there's just a few prayers I'll prompt here for you as we begin the prayer. For those of you who need to know that Jesus is your savior, our prayers, thank you Lord for your forgiveness in Jesus. Because of Jesus I'm forgiven, clean and made new. For those of you who know that God is with you, he's your Emmanuel. I'm praying, thank you Lord for being with me that no matter what I face this week, you will never once leave me. For those of you who need to know that you're taken care of, that God is in charge, we say thank you, Lord, that I don't have to have anxiety about this life or tomorrow because you're in charge of it all. And for those of you who need to know that our God is good, that Jesus is good, we say thank you, Lord, that you are good and that you lead me with kindness and gentleness. You can pray that prayer. You can add your own. We're going to take a few moments. The band will come up. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a moment here. I'm going to pray for us. And then we're going to have a few quiet moments of personal prayer, personal reflection. I encourage you to pray through one of these. Um, and then we'll end the night with some rejoicing. You ready? Cool. Let me pray for us. Lord God, we thank you for the gift you've given us in Jesus. God, we thank you that you have done for us what no other God or religion or worldview would ever claim, but you have made yourself with us. You have come to be with us. You are our salvation that is very present and you are our king that is very good. And so God, I pray for my brothers and sisters here. I pray that as they look upon the names and the person of Jesus, that they would find rest and hope for their soul. That the things that they need and the things that they lack and the things that cause worry and anxiety, God, that they would find in you all they need, full satisfaction for their souls. God, I pray that you would help us to to trust you, Lord, to lean on you, to believe these truths about you. And God, we thank you that you are with us. For all who are suffering or going through a hard season, we pray that you would give them peace and rest, that you would bring healing and care, In his name we pray, amen. So I guess I'll take a few moments personally. We're gonna pray through one of these prayers.